The U.S. Arab Radio Network is proud to offer the Ray Hanania Show with veteran journalist Ray Hanania, the U.S. correspondent for the Arab News newspaper. U.S. Arab Radio broadcast content Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. on WNZK AM 690 in Detroit, WDMV 700 in Washington, D.C., and simulcast through stations around the country. Programs will rerun from 5 till 6 p.m. Visit us on Facebook at U.S. Arab Radio. And we're also streaming live on Facebook.com forward slash Arab News. Good morning, everybody. This is the Ray Hanania Radio Show. It's Wednesday, August 18, 2021. And uh, we are live on WNZK AM 690 Radio in Detroit and WDMV Radio in Washington, D.C., as well as on the U.S. Arab Radio Network at ArabRadio.us and live streaming the show through Zoom on the Facebook page of Arab News, which has more than 5 million followers at Facebook.com slash Arab News, if you'd rather watch us and listen at the same time. Some people just want radio. Some people want to watch us. we got two topics we're going to do uh, during the, this hour this morning. Uh, in the first segment, we got a great guest, Nadim Shahadi. He is the executive director of the Lebanese American University in New York, uh, and uh, they got that's where their headquarters are at. It's an academic center, and he's an associate fellow of the Middle East and North Africa program at Chatham House in London. He was previously the director of the Ferris Center for Eastern Mediterranean Studies at the Fletcher School of Law and Diplomacy at Tufts University. He's going to help us understand what's going on in Lebanon. Such a terrible tragedy. When we're done at the bottom of the hour at 8.30 Eastern uh, in segment two, we're going to look at the worsening situation, the spiraling challenges in Afghanistan with Afghanistan's first female pilot, Nilafar Rahmani, who is also the co-author of the book Open Skies, My Life as Afghanistan's First Female Pilot which she wrote with co-writer Adam Sykes. And we're also going to be joined by Arab News correspondent Baker Etiani, who is covering Afghanistan as the Taliban have taken control. So we're going to get a little uh, uh, perspective on what what it really means. Is How bad is it? Is it as bad as everybody thinks? Or maybe there's going to be some kind of acceptable level. But right now I want to uh, welcome Nadim Shahadi. Nadim, Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Lebanon is so important. Um, it's such a beautiful country. And uh, people that have been there like me, and I'm sure yourself and other Lebanese and many Arabs, um, we look at that tragedy and wonder what is going on. Can you hear me, Nadim? Sorry, I was on mute. I was That's on mute. okay. That's all right. Thank uh, you. Technology uh, is, is I could, technology. I hear you now. You can hear me too. Yes, go ahead. So, what do you what do you think of? Tell us what is going on with Lebanon. What I know that we've had a series of tragedies a year ago, the explosion, but even before that, issues with you know government criticism of the government, and now it's like they can't even form a, a government. What what's happening in Lebanon today? Ray, if you can still hear me, yes. Um, I think the electricity just went off and I have to make, oh yeah, I am connected to Good. my 4G. So yeah, I, I can so see that's you, you sound on. great. You sound great. 
Exactly. So that's what's going on. As we were talking, the electricity went off. And you're in Lebanon. So I had, I'm in Lebanon now. I'm yeah. in the mountains. And, and I had this 4G connection uh, uh, using my, my mobile as a hotspot. Now to charge my hot my mobile as a hotspot, I, th they've run out of cards in the shop. Why? Because there is no fuel for the delivery to bring to bring wow the cards. So that's in a nutshell. That's what's happening day to day, including a very tragic situation with hospitals, with schools, with universities, with it's like a total collapse of everything in, 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 in the country. And it's, uh, I mean, people are just not believing what's happening. It's just like, uh, you, you feel you're in a stage of history, like in the days of the fall of, 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 of big cities, or, you know, uh, there are so many dead cities around the Mediterranean, and uh, uh, I mean, even as recently as the 19th century or the, or the early 20th century, Smyrna was one of the most important ports in the Mediterranean. Now nobody knows where it is. So you feel you're in that stage that you, it, could be, it could be irreversible. So yeah, I think and that's what's very hard to... On, uh, it's not like you feel that you're in a in a problem that's complicated, but it can be resolved. Uh, I, I think the feeling is that it could never be resolved. It could be it could be an irreversible process. How widespread are the problems? I mean, just the issue that we were having with you this morning yes. should touch people and let them understand that when we talk about this turmoil, it isn't just politics. It's economic, and the economic issues drill all the way down to such basic things as, you know, cell phone use and internet and, and trying to connect. It's, uh, uh, that's, uh, that really hits home really hard. How, yeah. how are people surviving there? Well, some people are not surviving well. Some people who need dialysis, some people who need uh, medicine for, for, uh, chronic diseases, some people who need operations are, are, are not surviving well. When, when things settle down and we have a banking system operating, it will get better because you will have access to everything if you have the money. Um, that, that, that's, so that, but, but this is not really an economic problem. I mean, the economic problem is a reflection of the political situation in, in uh, and of, if you like, of historic changes in, 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 the, in the region. Um, and uh, tell us about what, what's the one thing that needs to be done right away to try to get, to get Lebanon back on track? Is there something that can be done or are we witnessing the collapse of a country? Well, I, I mean, you are witnessing the collapse of a whole order, of a whole regional order, not just of a country. We are part of that regional order. So is Palestine, so is Syria, so is Iraq, so is Yemen, so is the Gulf. And, and uh, uh, we, we, are, 
we, we are witnessing a, a sort of a historic change which which is which has a lot of consequences that's that's i mean i'll give you an example of a historic change there is a city in southern jordan called ma'an yeah right ma'an used to be the intersection of all the caravan routes from the days of the Nabataeans, you know, to Petra, to Balbak, to to Tadmor, uh, to you know, uh, to uh, Palmyra, and, and all that, uh, it was the intersection of the Hejaz railway in the in the early. It was also the it was also the intersection of the Hajj big caravans that used to go from Cairo, from Damascus, from Jerusalem, from Istanbul. When people started going through the Suez Canal and flying to Jeddah on, on, on charter flights, Ma'an died. So now Ma'an is completely out of the picture. I mean, it's a, it's a city which is very run down. All you hear about Ma'an is infighting between tribes and it's, it's, it's problematic. It's, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a dead city. So uh, the same thing happened in places like Smyrna, like Alexandria, like so it's it's the feeling I have is that of that kind of transformation. It's not a small problem that can be resolved. It's I it's a problem that's regional. The core of it is political and the whole region could go one way or one way or the other. Yeah, and usually when people think of uh you know turmoil in government, we think of Yes, it's going to be. There'll be some economic chaos. There'll be problems with transportation, as there is now. The uh, fuel shortages that uh, you know. I don't think people understand when you have a fuel shortage, it just doesn't impact your car. It impacts everything. Comes to a standstill in a country. Um, But still, people wonder. Okay, but there are people. Why can't they just come together? and make it work i i are people trying to stop lebanon from getting back on its feet i mean i'm sure that there are other countries in the region that you know uh um maybe just uh south and west of lebanon that would love to see lebanon collapse um but for political reasons but um are there outside factors that are causing this turmoil do you think they want it to happen um, they want. Is there? Is are there forces that want to see Lebanon come to its knees? Oh, I mean, this. I. I don't think one can frame it in terms of like a conspiracy to make Lebanon come come to its knees. You have a geopolitical change in the region, which is basically that the regional order that was bas- mainly maintained by the United States. Pax Americana right. is, is, is crumbling. American influence, uh, Western influence is, is uh, I mean, it's very similar to what happened in Afghanistan, but except that in Afghanistan, it happened in three, in three days, and here it's happening slow, slow, slow motion. Uh, if, if the United States, uh, I mean, the United States left Syria and look at the mess, Iraq is a mess, Yemen is a mess, Lebanon is a mess, and the Gulf could be in a, in a serious mess, and the United States itself could be in a serious mess, because if, you're, if the United States is no longer a, a superpower, 
it will it will affect the dollar being being a uh, you know the the global reserve currency so, the stability so your government will not be able to to print uh, you know four trillion dollars and distribute it to you so that you vote for them next time they won't be they won't be able to to, to to do that in the same way as they're doing it now. I mean, they, what 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 the, what the uh, Treasury and the Federal Reserve are doing is they're they're printing dollars and buying their own bonds and and uh, they call it the stimulus. So anyway, they could they will not be able to do that if the dollar was not the global reserve. So so it is it is lots of connected connect, connected issues. Uh, part of the conflict between between Iran and 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 the United States, which which uh, we ha we are li living living through, and this is not the first time we go into paralysis. Uh, let, if you look at the last fifteen years, uh, in the last fifteen years we had well, we had a series of assassinations beginning with Prime Minister Hariri that went on for four or five years. We had a war with Israel. We had 19 months of paralysis in 2006, 2008. 29 months of paralysis in 2013, 2016, without a government, without a parliament, no, no elections, no president. This was all political paralysis. And all these factors uh, have an economic cost. I mean, I mean, you've seen what happens to New York when it's paralyzed, to what happens to cities when the economy stops working. For for uh, we we live on uh, uh, tourism and services and education and medicine and all these services that that rely on people coming to Lebanon and, and on expats like uh, a lot of your audience uh, uh, also maintaining homes here and having families and coming for the summer and and, and, and all that so so and and most of our uh, economy is reliant on uh, exchanges with the with the Gulf states I mean you have uh, 350,000 Lebanese who work in the Gulf states. Uh, they are the main source of foreign investment, tourism, uh, banking uh, uh, deposits, and, and all that. And we've been isolated from the Gulf states in the last two years. So all this cumulative uh, uh, political and economic factors eventually collapse an economy. We're on the line with uh, Nadim Shahadi. He's the executive director of the Lebanese American University in New York, where it's headquartered, but has uh, academic centers around the world. And he's an associate fellow of the Middle East and North Africa program at Chatham House in London. Um, where, Nadim, we're going to take a quick uh, ad break. And when we come back, we will continue this dis discussion sure. about Lebanon and the challenges it faces. Maybe we can talk about um, the chances of seeing the government stabilize. I know they don't have a government, and President Michel Aoun said he hoped a new Lebanese government would be formed. Um, but yes. we can tackle that uh, when we come back um, right after these messages. 
ArabNews.com, bringing you breaking news from across the Middle East and the latest on Arabs in America. Get inside the latest headlines with expert analysis and insights at ArabNews.com. Join over 5 million Facebook fans and over 10 million monthly readers. ArabNews.com, news that matters to you. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can. Keep wearing masks correctly and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19 and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Are you going to start a restaurant or a grocery store soon? Do you need floor plans and designs? Call Naji Aboud at 734-744-9796. Do you want to buy kitchen and restaurant equipment at discount prices? Call Naji Aboud now, 734-744-9796. New concept products and design, the trademark of kitchen equipment. 5% discount on all purchases of $75,000 or more. New concept products and design. New location, 31185 Schoolcraft in Livonia. Learn more at www.newconceptproducts.com. Call Najee Aboud, 734-744-9796. Ziad Brand. Quality products from our family to yours. Ziad Brothers Importing offers the finest quality products, including brands like Sultan, Kraft, Nestle, Hook, Rico Picon, Donna, and many more. Ask your retailer to carry these fine products because you deserve the very best. For more information, visit our website at www.ziad.com. That's www.ziad.com. Ziad, quality products from our family to yours. The U.S. Arab Radio Network is proud to offer the Ray Hanania Show with veteran journalist Ray Hanania, the U.S. correspondent for the Arab News newspaper. U.S. Arab Radio broadcast content Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. on WNZK AM 690 in Detroit, WDMV 700 in Washington, D.C., and simulcast through stations around the country. Programs will rerun from 5 till 6 p.m. Visit us on Facebook at U.S. Arab Radio. And we're also streaming live on Facebook.com forward slash Arab News. And welcome back. Uh, this morning we're talking with uh, Nadim uh, Shahadi, who is executive director of the Lebanese American University in New York, with where the headquarters are at and academic centers around the world. Um, we're talking, of course, about Lebanon and the collapse of uh, what uh, there's... When Hezbollah says 
geez, we better get our a government formed. Otherwise, we're facing total anarchy. You know that things have to be bad then, right, Nadim? Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, that's that's and and they've been having a taste of that recently. Um, and, uh, so I think every everybody's wants to have it, but but I think to understand what's happening, also you have to understand the 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 generational divide. You have a new generation that are in full blown revolutionary mode. They are rejecting everything. The whole political class, they, they, their slogan is "all means all." So it's Hezbollah, it's Hariri, it's it's all that, and and they they don't recognize these these political divisions. These these are people who did not live the civil war, who were barely, uh, you know, barely five six years old when when Hariri died. Um, so the main divisions in the country don't mean much to, to them. They've lost faith in the political system and so in parallel to that you have a political class that is i have to say it that is brilliant at making deals and making compromises and that's how the country survives normally but that has reached a a a, a dead end there is no there is no um, uh, they, they they cannot make more deals. <laughs> basically, there's no there's no compromise to to be had, and uh, so so you have a you have a dead end on the on the on, on the political class, and you have a revolution in in in, in the streets. Do you think? Do you think I, your I head think is healthy? I think I think there is part of it is healthy because it's like a reset, you know. Uh, and uh, you know Lebanon can can reset. You know other other countries in the region cannot. I mean we we have a lot of political tension, but people still li live together and behave in a civil manner. They they disagree, and even people who disagree, you know, radically on 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 politics, you you find that there is. That this kind of Lebanese coexistence still, still is still there, and I'm sure you, you you have it in Detroit also. You have it in New York. You have it you have it among the whole diaspora. Um, some problems are not easy to solve, and we and some problems are not. We don't have all the elements. We cannot resolve all these problems. So well, there was a there was a compromise reach. There was a compromise reached in 2012. Uh, with uh, Hezbollah between between the Hariri people and Hezbollah, which was brokered by the late uh, uh, Dr. Muhammad Shatah, who was an advisor to Hariri and a former ambassador to Washington and IMF official and minister of finance and, and all that. So his compromise was that we should agree and we should recognize that our 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 views are irreconcilable but uh we should at the same time recognize that they that we cannot resolve them the problems we are dealing with have to do with uh, uh, broader conflicts between israel and the 
and Iran and the United States and Saudi Arabia and all that. We we don't we cannot resolve them. So his proposal was to to, to um, um, in a way make make Lebanon neutral from these problems. That we agree amongst ourselves that even if we can't stand each other, <laughs> we can't agree. We can still have electricity running. We can still have. Uh, uh, the, the services and we can spare the economy and we can spare the country from being the battleground of of, of the conflict. Well, I, I know that when we talk about a, a national reset, which is just uh, hard to wrap my head around a, a whole country resetting, but I understand what you're saying. When we look at a place like Detroit, for example, that had economic chaos and problems, they had other people around them who could come in, help them, uh, help them stand up, help them get back on their feet. Uh, the only thing I don't see that happening with Lebanon. Who can? This is going to have to be help from inside Lebanon, right? Or do you see no, some Lebanon, forces? Lebanon cannot solve its problems in isolation, and it cannot live in isolation. Uh, the whole history of the country. Is, and the whole prosperity of the country is based on it being an open society and a free society. This is why the 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 um, prosperity of the country was was based on receiving all the elite of the region. Every you know we had people from Palestine in forty eight, from Egypt in fifty two and fifty six, from Iraq in fifty eight from Syria in the 60s. In the 30s, we had people from southern Turkey. And, and before that, we had the Ar Armenians, we had Greeks, we had... So, so the, it's an open country. We, we receive uh, the, a lot of talent from the, from the region. You can see it in our food, in, in the music, in, in everything. And it's the basis of our existence that's our identity that's why we that if lebanon becomes a closed society um, um, if it becomes another gaza it will it will it will not survive a do, lot of people do you think that in the end if this ever gets back on track and i i'm I'm sure Lebanon will get back on track i can't imagine it not because there's so many great lebanese very successful uh, out there who will do everything possible to save it. If Lebanon gets back on track, though, um, do you see them still living under the same, for example, the political confessional system that exists uh, now? Do you see what kind of changes do you think might happen to Lebanon um, that maybe people didn't expect? Yes. Now, this is a very important question because, I mean, someone my age knows knows the advantages of the political system. The new generation don't, have never experienced it and don't understand it. Right. I find the secular nationalism of a place like Turkey uh, abhorrent. I mean, I, I uh, you know, the, uh, Turkey, uh, Turkey imposed a uniform, homogeneous identity on its citizen and uh, massacred, expelled, or suppressed anyone that didn't that didn't fit in it. And sometimes in the West, you feel people celebrate Turkey as a secular, homogeneous state. I don't. I don't see that. I don't agree with that. 
I don't agree with Arab nationalism. That's me. Huh? That's not. Right. Uh, uh, Lebanon is is very different from the homogenizing identity of Arab nationalism, like Nasserism or 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 uh, uh, Baathism or, or or that. In fact, we benefited from that because everybody who could not fit there came to us. Uh, Alexandria used to be, uh, you know, Alexandria in the 19th century and the early 20th century used to be. Uh, more prosperous than Europe, Alexandria. I mean, Greeks and 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 Italians used to go to Alexandria to find jobs. Now it's the other way around. Egyptians go, go to Europe to find jobs. Europeans used to come to Alexandria to, to find jobs. When Alexandria was homogenized, and everybody who was seen not to fit in that homogeneous identity that Arab nationalists believe then all these people were expelled alexandria lost a lot but we we gained because because they came they they, they came they came to us there's been greeks in alexandria probably since the days of alexander the great and now there are none so <laughs> that that's so we represent our society represents a more natural way of interaction we are we are we recognize diversity we we have an agreement that we live within that diversity so but the new generation don't understand that and you are right in thinking that the political system may change all right listen dr uh, nadim shahadi our guest I, a professor correct you you're a well i used to be now i'm just i'm i'm more of an administrator <laughs> okay well very informative stuff there nadim shahadi um executive director of the lebanese american uh university with new york headquarters and academic centers around the world nadim it was a real pleasure having you on the show uh, just Thank a you. terrible topic you know to have to discuss um and we hope that things will get better in lebanon and for you i given everything that's happening by you I so appreciate you joining us this morning to give us a little insight into what's going on in Lebanon. You're welcome. I'm going to stay and listen to the, the Afghanistan section. That's even more worrying than Lebanon. All right. Thank you go, so much for hosting me. Uh, go ahead. And then turn off your video, and then uh, we'll do the uh, – that way you'll be able to listen to the Lebanon section while we're talking, okay? All right. To the All right. Section. Thank you, Nadim uh, Shahadi, our guest. We're going to take a quick break here, and when I come back, we're going to uh, welcome uh, Baker Etiani and Nulafar Ramani, who is Nulafar is the first female fighter pilot for Afghanistan, and we're going to talk about uh, uh, what's happening in Afghanistan. I'm Ray Hanania. We'll be right back right after these messages. ArabNews.com, bringing you breaking news from across the Middle East and the latest on Arabs in America. Get inside the latest headlines with expert analysis and insights at ArabNews.com. Join over 5 million Facebook fans and over 10 million monthly readers. ArabNews.com, news that matters to you. Imagine you're on a train track. Somewhere miles away, a train is headed your way can't see it yet, but it's coming, slowly but surely. If you have prediabetes or you're at risk for type 2 diabetes, 
you may be on the wrong track and diabetes could be heading your way. Bit by bit, the danger is getting closer and closer. So should you stay on the track you're on now or move to make a change and reduce your risk? If you have prediabetes or you're at risk for type 2 diabetes, you may qualify for the National Diabetes Prevention Program in your local community. This one-year program could be the ongoing support you need to put you on the right track. Not only did participants lose weight, they cut their risk of type 2 diabetes in half. Ready to get on board for a healthier future? Learn more about the National Diabetes Prevention Program and what else you can do to manage and prevent diabetes at michigan.gov diabetes. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. At Top Rehab Physical Therapy Clinic in Dearborn, we provide effective physical therapy sessions in order to limit pain and discomfort. Top Rehab provides physical therapy care for any diagnosis prescribed by a physician, and we regularly see and treat conditions such as stroke, TMJ, fibromyalgia, sciatica, joint pain, and more. We use a variety of pain management methods, including modalities, soft tissue mobilization, and therapeutic exercise. If you're in need of physical rehabilitation or physical physical therapy, get the highest quality health care at Top Rehab. Most insurance is accepted and we're open Monday, Wednesday and Friday 8 to 6, Tuesday and Thursday 8 to 5, and Saturday 10 till 2. Call for an appointment today at 313-846-0555. That's 313-846-0555. Choose Top Rehab Physical Therapy Clinic on Michigan Avenue in Dearborn. Life's too short to be in pain. Get ready for an amazing experience at Ishtar Restaurant on 15 Mile Road in Sterling Heights. Enjoy excellent hospitality from owners Ali Abagdadi and Fatty Bonham serving the best in Mediterranean food. Try Chef Ali Abagdadi's famous shawarma, the best Iraqi grills and food, and the best Arabic and international dishes. Dine in our authentic atmosphere or take out. Call 586-698-2585 or check us out on Facebook. Ishtar Restaurant practices all CD guidelines and is open every day 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Have an amazing experience today at Ishtar Restaurant, 3625 15 Mile Road, Sterling Heights. The U.S. Arab Radio Network is proud to offer the Ray Hanania Show with veteran journalist Ray Hanania, the U.S. correspondent for the Arab News newspaper. U.S. Arab Radio broadcast content Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. on WNZK AM 690 in Detroit, WDMV 700 in Washington, D.C., and simulcast through stations around the country. Programs will rerun from 5 till 6 p.m. Visit us on Facebook at U.S. Arab Radio. And we're also streaming live on Facebook.com forward slash Arab News. And welcome back to live radio in Detroit on WNZK AM 690 radio and Washington, D.C. on WDMV AM 700 radio, as well as broadcasting online on the U.S. Arab Radio Network and streaming live on with Zoom video on Arab News at Facebook.com slash Arab News. Uh, in this segment, we're going to talk about another uh, very uh, troubling uh, uh, political issue that's taken place uh, in Afghanistan. Uh, it's very confusing to many people, especially here in the United States. We spent 20 years fighting the Taliban, and 
Uh, it makes me feel like back when I was in serving during the Vietnam War, we walked out of Vietnam, Vietnam collapsed, and the Vietnamese, the Viet Cong, took over the country. Uh, to help us understand what's happening, I have two great guests. Nilafar Ramani, who is the co-author of the book, Open Skies, My Life as Afghanistan's First Female Pilot, a book she wrote with co-writer Adam Sykes. And also we have Arab News correspondent Baker Atyani, who is covering Afghanistan as the Taliban takes control. Nilafar Baker, welcome to the program this morning. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for having us. Uh, let me ask uh, first uh, if uh, Baker to, can give us kind of a set of, uh, a situation there. What's happening at this moment? I saw the press conference uh, where the Taliban spokesperson was saying, you know, if everybody just follows uh, Sharia law, everything will be fine. What's the reality over there in Afghanistan today? Well, I think the main challenge now in front of the world and the Taliban, will the Taliban talk the walk? Will they really respect, respect human rights? Will they actually um, preserve all of these uh, 20 years achievements, uh, mainly for women, for um, freedom of expression? Uh, the infrastructure that, that you can see um, today in Kabul, uh, I visited Kabul um, in, in, in the first time 1998, then in, in 2002, after that, the, the Kabul has completely changed, the face of Kabul, the infrastructure, the buildings, the life, the style of life um, even. So um, will the Taliban actually um, build on this or they would will see again the same brutal regime? I hope not. The signals that the Taliban have been given for the past uh, few days since they have um, controlled Kabul seems to be okay, but we need uh, we need uh, to wait and and uh, to see will they be able to bring in all the other um, Afghan factions into the interim government or the next setup in 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 Afghanistan. Nilafar Ramani, um, you probably, uh, for having been in the U.S. Air Force, uh, women in uh, positions of uh, flying fighter uh, jets are amazing to me, and you had to have overcome huge hurdles. Uh, having lived in Afghanistan, to get to that position. Um, tell us, first of all, about what life was like for you um, when you were a fighter pilot. And later, when as you look at what's happening to Afghanistan, do you have the sense of confidence that things are going to go in the right direction? Well, if I say it is going in the right direction, I am lying, because that's not the case. As a little girl, you know, I grew up, during the Taliban regime back before 2001. And I have seen and I have been witness of everything been given away from a woman. And that situation has always, always been a nightmare to me. And growing up, I just wanted to do something for my country, give a woman a voice, have them to raise their voice. How long? We are living in 21st century. Why we should be abandoned? Why we shouldn't have a right to speak? And of course, and for me being a freedom, a symbol of freedom for Afghan women, do what I have done and fly and wear the uniform, it never been easy. I had to overcome so many, so many barriers, obstacles to be able to just find my place. And now, to be honest, I am very afraid 
for the freedom of a woman, all the rights that has been given to a woman during this 20 years, those little girls that during this 20 years, they were raised and they grew up, all they saw was freedom, have a freedom of going to school, be educated, do what they dream to do, and there wouldn't be any anything against them. Now, I can openly say it's all gone. I have a friends and loved one back in Afghanistan. And what the reality is, it's completely different than what we see and people report. Because what my loved ones see right now, it's completely different. They already, there's no woman already in the city. One woman got killed because she didn't have a burqa on. And we see the violence in the city. But I don't know how it seems everything is okay in Kabul right now. That's not what my family, my friends back in Afghanistan is seeing. I get text messages, calls from them that they are screaming, they are crying, they are begging for help. They are saying that they will be killed. Please help me. And it surprised me. Where is the humanity? You is think the humanity that was completely gone? You think it was a mistake for the United States and the West to kind of walk away from Afghanistan the way they did? I actually will, I don't, I'm not saying United States or the world had to stay in Afghanistan forever. No. And I, to be honest, I am very, very disappointed on Afghan government. The way Afghan government abandoned me seven years ago that I was begging for help from my life because I've been threatened from by the Taliban. I had a, almost had my brother killed because of the violence of the Taliban. And they abandoned me. They let me to just be dead. And now they abandoned the country. Honestly, I am very disappointed on them. And to be honest, talking about if this decision was right or not, as an Afghan woman, I think it was wrong. Why? Because what happened during this 20 years? America has spent so much money. They lost so much life. And it's all gone now, over one night. This is going to be a disaster for the world. This is a war against women. And this is going to continue. And I am loudly speaking for the world that they are watching and they are seeing to stop this. I have seen women that they are they are in big fear for their life and they are begging for the help. Nobody's listening to them. If you think this was a great government, do you think anybody would do that? Anybody beg for their life? They wouldn't if they and, would think this will be for their best. And Baker, do you get that sense from people there that uh, these fears, are they that great also um, from the people that you've talked to? Or is there are they stuck there and they have this hope that, we hope it'll be better, but I, I've never seen the Taliban, in my opinion, again, be good. I, I And I think uh, Nulafar has a great point. I don't know if we could trust them, you know, but that seems like where we're left. What's the feeling of people there in Afghanistan? Well, certainly everyone is hoping for the best. And at the same time, I understand what Nulafar is talking about. And this is, I believe, the common uh, feeling and the fear that I guess every uh, Afghan woman and, and, and young men and, uh, and, and women in, in Kabul and in even northern parts of the country um, are feeling. 
Um, that is because they have experienced uh, how uh, Taliban uh, had governed the, the country back from 1996 to 2001. So um, I don't blame them. Um, however, I believe politically, Taliban now are more mature. I think they, are, they, they want the uh, international support and they don't want to live in isolation. Um, they have changed, they have changed, yes, but have they changed enough to say that they, are, they can actually respect women's rights, they can respect even um, the people's rights uh, in, in, in the country? I guess this is, uh, I mean, this is a big question, and I, I think with the Taliban as a, um, I could call it a radical group, would, would still, um, would still um, consider uh, anything in, in the society based on, in, on, on, the, on the Sharia or the Islamic uh, uh, Sharia. Yesterday, the press conference of Zabihullah uh, Mujahid, uh, he said, we will we'll certainly be given the women right to, 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 to go to work, uh, to schools, but under the Islamic rules. So, um, as I said, it's, it's, it's a very challenging time in Afghanistan, and uh, um, I'm not sure will the Taliban actually uh, walk the, the talk. Yeah, we're going to we're going to take our quick uh, final break here at uh, the Ray Hanania radio show. And when we come back, we're going to continue talking with Nilafar Romani, the author of the book Open Skies, My Life as Afghanistan's First Female Pilot, which he co-wrote with Adam Sykes. And we're uh, also honored to have Arab News correspondent Baker Atiani, who is covering the changes in Afghanistan as the Taliban takes control. I'm Ray Hanania. Let's uh, take our break, and we'll be right back right after these messages. ArabNews.com, bringing you breaking news from across the Middle East and the latest on Arabs in America. Get inside the latest headlines with expert analysis and insights at ArabNews.com. Join over 5 million Facebook fans and over 10 million monthly readers. ArabNews.com, news that matters to you. New Dawn Academy provides your kids with a curriculum that's rich in science, technology, engineering, and math. We want students to really experience what problem solving looks like. What does it mean to build things together? And really working on those analytical skills is what makes New Dawn Academy's program very unique. This school will certainly provide them with academic excellence, but also state-of-the-art buildings and inviting to students. Life is a nonprofit charity that's provided humanitarian aid and development to people and communities for over 25 years, regardless of race, color, religion, or cultural background. When disaster occurs here or around the world, Life for Relief and Development rushes in to provide food, medical aid, and shelter to those in need. Please help improve these efforts. Make your tax-deductible donation to Life now at lifeusa.org or call 248-424-7493. When you're looking for the best in optical care, Dr. Imad Nakash is your doctor to see. With years of experience and thousands of successful procedures performed, you can trust your eyes to Dr. Imad Nakash. See Dr. Imad Nakash and his professional staff for your eye care needs. There's two locations to serve you. In Hazel Park, call 248-336-3937. 248-336-3937. In Rochester Hills, call 248-299-3937. That's 248 248- Two nine nine three nine three seven.
The U.S. Arab Radio Network is proud to offer the Ray Hanania Show with veteran journalist Ray Hanania, the U.S. correspondent for the Arab News newspaper. U.S. Arab Radio broadcast content Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. on WNZK AM 690 in Detroit, WDMV 700 in Washington, D.C., and simulcast through stations around the country. Programs will rerun from 5 till 6 p.m. Visit us on Facebook at U.S. Arab Radio. And we're also streaming live on Facebook.com forward slash Arab News. Yeah, there, there's a terrible feeling here in the United States that uh, everything has gone sour in Afghanistan when the Taliban take con- takes control. Um, with me are Nilafar Rahmani, who is a co-author of the book Open Skies, My Life as Afghanistan's First Female Pilot, written with co-writer Adam Sykes, and uh, Arab News correspondent reporter Baker Yani who is covering Afghanistan as the Taliban takes control. Nilafar, do you have any confidence that you, for example, would be able to go back um, to Afghanistan and not fear for your life with the Taliban in control? No. Certainly no. I will have a fear. Because I know what happened years ago in Afghanistan. The stadium of Kabul, where they used to stone women, this is going to happen again. And I will be one of them to be stoned on that stadium. Well, we don't want you to go back there then. And uh, Baker, it, it, I know that, the, you know, as a political story, uh, we can only go by what they do. Um, and so far, I know that they know everybody is watching. Uh, do you get a sense from people that they can trust the Taliban at all? I, I, I just don't see how anybody can trust them. Well, the United States has trusted them, and they... In the way that the United States left Afghanistan, it's left Afghanistan for the Taliban. Uh, the um, the regional countries, they've, um, they've started contacting the Taliban, they have started meeting the Taliban leaders. So, um, there's kind of, um, the, 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 world is lis- uh, the, the world is listening to their interests, they are looking for their interests, and at the same time, there are, there are um, legitimate concerns for the Afghan people that the, uh, the, the world community somehow uh, have ignored. Um, the way that the United States evacuated or left Afghanistan, um, uh, rather the, the way that the United States have, have invested in Afghanistan for the past two decades, um, uh, really there's a big question mark. The, the, uh, the, the army that the United States have invested on for the past two decades completely um, melted, yeah. uh, disappeared in, 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 uh, in, in, in just uh, maybe two or three weeks. The, the Kabul, which is um, supposed to be the most secure city in, in Afghanistan, have uh, fallen in, in just a few hours. So um, where the, uh, the um, $1 trillion that have been invested there, uh, almost like $40, $40 billion, United States um, ha- uh, used to spend every year in, in Afghanistan to, for the infrastructure to, to build the, the, um, the, the army, to build the, uh, the law enforcement forces in Afghanistan. Um, you know, what United States was able to secure uh, from the Taliban that they won't use the Afghan territory um, against any other country. They won't allow militant groups to work from Afghanistan to, 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 um, to again work against United States or any other country in the world. This is what United States have secured from the Taliban over the past 20 years. 
Yeah, that's uh, it, it's still so because it's so much like what happened in Vietnam. Both of you are too young to probably remember that, but I was there at the height of it in 1975 when uh, we fled, and then basically the exact same thing happened. Um, it it did turn terrible for many many years. Eventually, it got back on track, and now we have relations with Vietnam. Um, and things seem to be better. But Nilafar is somebody who grew up in that uh, environment of the Taliban and, and the threats and everything. What made you uh, want to get into you know, flying a plane as an Air Force pilot? That's, that would seem a little unusual for a woman who grows up in that environment back then. You know, that's a, that's a very interesting question because as a little girl, I actually grew up during the civil war in Afghanistan where the, Tal the Taliban was in the country and as having a very, very tough childhood and living under the Taliban's regime, seeing my mother, my own mother, that she get beat up by the Taliban just because she didn't have a men support with her outside uh, and just to take her child to the hospital. And also, you know, being a girl always been told you cannot do this. You cannot go to school. You cannot choose for what you want. I actually been sick of it, really sick of this. And seeing that no men would do anything about this. I haven't seen entire years of men raise their voice in Afghanistan and say, hey, stop this. Women are human and they need to do something. They need to have the right to be educated, go to school, choose for their life. And, you know, growing up under all that violence, Honestly, I just wanted to be a bird and fly away from all this violence because I've never been in an airplane. I didn't know who pilot is or what pilot is. And in 2001, being, a, you know, just a teenager and seeing the U.S. invaded Afghanistan and their fighter jets and airplanes that are flying over Kabul and trying to get rid of the Taliban. And it just amazed me that to think, what if I was there and save my country and fly and be one of them? Because it just seemed so powerful to me to fight against, you know, what is not right and what you want to change. And I just wanted to serve my country, wear the uniform, fight against something that it's not right and something is taken away from just a human being, which is a woman. And over years and over years and years, everything been against women. And it's basically a war against women. And I absolutely believe that. And I just wanted to do that, just to be a voice and just to be a voice for a woman in Afghanistan that they think if they raise their voice, they will be killed or they will be punished for what they did or their own parents or their own family will kill them for what they have done. But I just there's so many reasons behind it and I have always been proud of what I have done and wear the uniform and serve my country and fly and, you, and it you, always amazed me and you have no confidence then in where this is going to go that it's not going to end up uh, in a in any positive way you could never go back there you would never go back unfortunately you know for me um, as the world knows a woman has a right to be in the part of the uh, military. Every country in the world, they have a woman that they are part of the military. They wear the uniform. They fight against the enemies of the country 
with their brothers the same time there's no nothing against them there's no barriers but that's unfortunate that i had to go through that just because what i have chose for my life right. to do and serve my country i had to go through all that and be punished for it and unfortunately i wish that wasn't the case but i have been abandoned by my own government that they told me that they will torture me or put me in jail and uh, i'm not even talking about taliban i'm not even talking about the local people that they've been all against it and um i would love to be positive and think positive and hope for the better how many years afghanistan been in war yeah every day every day afghan women's afghan people they're hoping the future will change but it gets worse and worse honestly as a woman afghan woman growing up during this 20 years of freedom having a right to do what i want to do and speak for myself i never thought this will be the end of it yeah this is really scary i never thought and i am just putting myself on the position of the little girls that they are shocked by the situation at the moment. How can I be positive? I, yeah. My heart doesn't let me be positive. I can understand that. Baker, I'm gonna give you the last word because we are at the almost at the very end of the segment. Any final thoughts that you think need to be brought out at all? Well, I think, um, so the, the Taliban are coming to power again. Um, they might um, give some share to other factions. Um, they will impose their own way of um, rule in the country. Um, the, the United States concerns uh, would be addressed by the Taliban. I don't think the human rights issue, women rights, would be that much pressing matter for the United States international community. We will have another um, North Korea, maybe, another Iran, another uh, Myanmar in, in Afghanistan um, in the coming future. Baker, listen, uh, Baker Yanni, a reporter with Arab News who is covering Afghanistan. Baker, thank you so much for joining us this morning. It really was a Thanks, pleasure Ryan. to talk to you. We have to have you back again. And uh, Nilofar uh, Romani, who is a fighter pilot, the first female fighter pilot in Afghanistan, female, um, who wrote the book Open Skies, My Life as Afghanistan's First Female Pilot. I urge our listeners to go out, uh, find the book Open Skies, by Nilafar Romani. Nilafar, thank you again for taking the time to talk to us. Um, I uh, the I share the the concerns that we all have about you know having seen what they did. Uh, I want to believe things are going to be better, but I know it's uh, frightening. So, uh, a final thought, Nilafar. You got about a minute, but if there's anything else you'd like to say, absolutely. I would thank you so much and thank you for your thinking and your support and thank you for your service and you know exactly how it feels and um, to go through all the situation and a country can be abandoned like that. So my last word for the world will be that please don't be silent. Don't look that they are just Afghans, whatever. Just let them live their own life and go through all this. That's when the humanity comes first. And I don't want the world watching the little girls that they are being taken away, the eight years old, nine years old, 10 years old as the Taliban slaves. And they're taking them away in front of their parents' eyes. Let, and the world is gonna watch and be silenced. Let's hope that doesn't happen. Baker Atiani, thank you again, Nilafar Romani, 
Open Skies My Life as Afghanistan's first female pilot. Thank you both for joining me. I'm Ray Hanania. We'll be back Wednesday morning next week at 8 a.m. Eastern Time. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you. Bye-bye.